Father, we just thank you this evening as we acknowledge your greatness, as we explore, Lord, our own struggles and insufficiencies before an almighty God. That is the experience of worship, Lord, when we see that we're so frail and you're so powerful, yet we can be in your presence. Lord, it is amazing that you are such a, an embracing God, a strengthening God, a comforting God. In times of uncertainty, in times, Lord, with the, the winds of the raging storms are around us, that we can find comfort in you. When life turns things upside down and we don't understand, and sometimes we hurt and we don't even know why we hurt, good to know, Lord, that you are a firm foundation for us, and we can draw strength from you. So this evening, Lord, as we gather to worship you in our, in our homes and wherever your children are located tonight, that we might sense your presence in our homes with our families, or those, Lord, that are alone in their apartments right now, your presence there as we celebrate your greatness. And yes, you are great. We can fully experience you here in this sanctuary tonight. And people can fully experience you in their homes. That's how great you are. You're an awesome God. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that brings that strength and brings that comfort. Helps us, Lord, to navigate through, through life. We bless you. We honor you. We worship you. We adore you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Welcome to our Wednesday service. I want to thank all of you for joining us tonight as we uh, uh, come to you via the streaming of our services here this evening. You know, it's been a long journey and it continues to be such a long journey for all of us. It would be wonderful if things could go back to at least some semblance of what we had before. But we do the best that we can with what we have. But I would be remiss and probably insensitive if I didn't recognize the, the, even the weight of the confusion that we're in during this, uh, this season. And, and today, as I was uh, navigating through my day, I'm an early, early person, so I get up very early. But today, I made it a point to, to, to listen and read as little news as, as possible. Because after a while, you get news overload. And, uh, and the, what comes out, rather than give you a, a sense of reality, it kind of depletes you of any kind of encouragement. And so I spent a good portion of the day just trusting and relying upon the Lord throughout as I navigated the day and did what I needed to do in anticipation for tonight. And it seems like that's, those are the cycles that we've been going through. That although we want to push through and get through and, and put this thing behind us, um, it still is overwhelming at times. And even when we get good pieces of news coming out and good steps being taken forward, uh, taken, all of a sudden, you know, it just pulls back. But I've learned one thing in my journey with the Lord, and that is that um, He is truly a source of strength. When life is upside down and confusing and when life doesn't make sense and when we're confronted and pressured from all sides, 
It is that trust. And, and I want to even submit to you that blind trust in the Lord. Where, Lord, I don't even trace you. I don't even know if you're hearing me. I just feel what I feel around me. To even in those moments, trust the Lord. And in the reading that I did today, in, you know, not today, in preparation for today, um, I find that there's extreme comfort in the shepherd. When you, when you look at the term shepherd in Scripture, you get this image of nurturing. You get this image of lifting up. Or even as we've seen depicted in some graphics, you know, the shepherd carrying the sheep on his shoulders in a very loving and tender way. And although we're living in the city, so you don't see herds of sheep here in the city, and you, you know, shepherd, people don't dress as shepherds, otherwise they get arrested. Well, maybe they won't get arrested. This is New York. Nothing surprises us here. But in country and rural areas, you're going to get a better uh, understanding because you'll see it every day. So it is not God, the shepherd, all of a sudden appearing in, his, in shepherd's clothing and embracing us. But if we can just get a sense of that metaphoric picture in our hearts, it'll help us to, I believe, get through. And so I want to I just get some lessons from the shepherd. And in fact, Jesus is called the good shepherd. And I'm looking at the reading from, chap, uh, from John chapter 14. And I'm going to lift up just four quick teachings that I get from the shepherd that I think will help us in navigating whatever we are navigating today. Sickness, problems, unemployment, economic distress. Um, whatever it is we're going through, I think it's going to help us. And there's four. I, I, I want to look with you for a moment and learn these lessons as uh, the shepherd as a, as a gatekeeper, the shepherd as a protector, the shepherd as um, a one for all, a shepherd for all, and then the shepherd that is controversial. Follow me for a moment, as I, and I think the, this word will bring some level of encouragement for us today. Father, I pray your blessing once again over our hearing and over our hearts, that we might be able, Lord, to tune in to the simple and soft words that you have over our lives today. That through your word, which creates faith in us, and as we begin, Lord, to lift the intent of the author of Scripture and how it applies to our daily life this day, this Wednesday, that we will, we will sense, Lord, that fresh wind blowing over us, that refreshing moment, Lord, that comes when we know you're by our side and walking with us. So bless our hearing, prepare our hearts to receive, and then give us the courage through the work of the Holy Spirit to act upon those things that we learn today. In Christ's name I pray, amen. So John 14 writes to us about the shepherd. Verses 7 through 10 says the following. It says, therefore Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or more abundantly. And what I get from these few verses, these three verses or four verses, is that he is the gatekeeper. And for us to be able to understand appropriately this text, I think we need to go back a moment to the audience and the context to which Jesus was teaching. The people there understood what he was talking about, him being the shepherd, being the gate or the gatekeeper. Because the way uh, the, the herds of sheep were tended, especially through the night or when they were outside of the city, places of protection, when they were out in the wilderness, 
um, would be a fenced-in pen, for example, and there would really be one entrance or one exit to that pen. It would be a fenced-in with rocks or, or wood fencing um, that would be placed around uh, to keep the sheep inside. And there would really be only one door entering and exiting that pen or that uh, locked-in area. And the thought behind it was uh, the sheep inside the pen were going to be safe. If they ventured out for pasture to eat or to drink, they ran the risk of getting um, uh, devoured by the animals that pr would prey on them. By the same token, if somehow a praying animal would get into the pen, well, he would have a feast uh, devouring the sheep that were inside. So there, it was very difficult to be able to breach the fence that was around protecting the, uh, the, the herd. The only way was the gate, one entrance and one exit. And look at this. And I was fascinated when I was reading and studying this part and refreshing some of what I had studied before. What the shepherd would do at night, once the sheep were inside of the pen, there was one entrance, remember, one exit, one way in, one way out. What he would do, rather than be inside with the sheep, he would stay at the opening of the gate and he would lay across from one post to the other across the entrance, the exit or the exit. And there he would fall asleep. But the minute uh, uh, one sheep or one animal tried to get over him, it would wake him immediately, and he would then take action that was appropriate. If it was part of the herd trying to go out, he would scoot them back inside. If it was a praying animal trying to get in, he would do the same thing. He would scoot them out outside. He would be asleep, but nonetheless, he would be very aware. I, I picture it like a mom when, when the child is sleeping, and particularly the child hasn't been well, uh, the mom has this, this fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth sense. They're able to know when the child is, is, is uh, uh, moving in the bed and not well and coughing, even though they've not even hear it. There's a sense that they have. It was the same thing with the shepherd. He knew the sheep so well that if any tried to cross over, jump over him, it would wake him immediately, and he would be the protector. And the sheep didn't know. They were going out to get their pasture. They were going out to drink whatever was outside. Or even if they had it inside the pen, they would still be curious and run out. It's so much like us. Sometimes when we think back in our life, the trouble that we've gotten into in school or growing up when we were adolescents, when we were youngsters, when we were even young adults or even grown adults, it was really things that made, we made a mess of things by our own volition. We, we got involved in things we shouldn't have done. And we, we needed someone to protect us even from our own actions and own words and own jumping out of the pen. Jesus is that gatekeeper for us. I believe that just as in, in times, of pa uh, times past, the shepherd would be the gatekeeper. The Lord watches. Now, we can be stubborn, though, because sometimes we want something, and, and, and no matter what, we want that. I just wrote in my blog, you may want to read it later on, about prayer. People were praying, 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 your will be done. And when the Lord makes a decision, all of a sudden they didn't like, so apparently they prayed wrong or God was deaf. Uh, he, humans, we have a tendency to want it our way. And Christians, we need to be careful that the shepherd lays across the entrance and the exit of a place of safety really to protect us because that's what he wants to do. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He says, there are others out there that are out to destroy. And it is not just a person, a thief, but there are destructive forces outside of the security of a relationship with God through Christ Jesus.
There are threats to our life, to our health. There are th threats to our family out there. And it says very clearly, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Lord, that shepherd, the gatekeeper, is there to give us life and life more abundant. He is our protector. Look at verses 11 through 15. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and run, runs away. When then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it, the man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am a good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know, know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. There's a critical turning point here in the scripture that I think we need to realize today. Sometimes we think that when we trip and fall and make a big mistake, that God abandons us. I'm here to, to remind you, no, if, if at any time God wants to be close to you and I is when we've blown it big time. When we've made a huge mistake, people will abandon us. Friends will abandon us. Those that say, I got your back, will abandon us. But when we trip and fall in life and make mistakes in life, Christ is really a protector for us. God is really out for us. He will not. In fact, did he not come for the loss? Isn't that the whole story of the gospel? One of the premises and pillars of the gospel, one of the silos of the good news, is that he came for the loss, not the just. People that are well don't need a doctor is the other, matter, the other example that we find in Scripture as well. And so the, just because we made a mistake, and I wonder who I'm speaking to, 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 to this evening, just because you've tripped up, and maybe you've tripped up again or again and again, the Lord doesn't walk away. He is truly a protector of our now and a protector of our future. We're the ones, and I, and I hear this often, people that have, that have strayed and are living another life, they say, you know, uh, it's hard for me to come in because what are people going to say? What are people going to say? You know, when you behave, people talk about you. When you misbehave, people talk about you. <laughs> so sometimes what, what are we waiting for? People not to talk. We give them reason to talk. And we find these barriers, but I don't know how to walk into the church. I don't know how to come back. You can come back home. You can come back to the arms of the Lord, and he's going to receive you. It doesn't matter how horrible the error is because he is truly a protector, a protector of our now and a protector of our tomorrow as well. That is the good shepherd. Verse 16 takes us to the third one, a shepherd for all. Look at 16. It says, I have other sheep. Now, all along up to verse 15, he's talking about the sheep in the pen. Now he says in verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this, uh, uh, of this pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there, there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And here what he's saying, as we apply today, is not that we are shepherds of people that worship somewhere else. No, no, no. That is not what it's intending in the Scripture at all. What it's intending in the Scripture is to let us know, and he says it at the end, there is only one shepherd. We are, even me, I'm, I might pastor a church, but I am a sheep in God's, in God's pen. He is the master shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And he watches over, over us, even those that are not in the fold. You heard me preach recently about that the Lord prays even for those that have not yet been reached, that they might be reached through the witness, through our testimony. And that was when we were talking about John 17 and this past Sunday. 
that he even we should even intercede for those that are not not with us and speak to them through our testimony. So the Lord is a Lord for all. There is not a, a Lord for a an ethnic group and a Lord for a language group, and a, and a, and a Lord for a so, a someone in the higher uh, uh, academic level or even economic level. No, no, no. The, I think I read, <laughs> for God so loved the world, right? So it's for all of us. So the Lord is the shepherd for all of us, for those that have been in the flock for a long time, and even for that one that goes astray. He leaves the 99 and goes after them because the Lord is shepherd for all. So I share with you one of the lessons is that he's the gatekeeper. The second lesson I learned is that he's the protector. The third lesson is that he is the shepherd for all. But this shepherd is also controversial and misunderstood. And some will have a differing opinion of him. Look at the verses 19 through 21, and this gives the biblical material for us to get to this point. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Now, God doesn't come to divide. Anything that divides something else is not of God. Did you hear what I just said? Anything, anyone, any philosophy, any teaching that divides is not of God. God is a God of unity. God is a God of harmony. God is a God that complements, that teaches us to complement one another. God is a God of community. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwelling together. We, we need to realize. So anything that divides, keep that in, my, in your mind. Anything that divides in our environment of a spirituality, in the context outside our community, anything that divides is not of God. And being controversial just for the sake of being controversial and, give, and getting my way, that is not of God either. We're seeing a lot of that bickering right now. We're seeing it right now in, in, the, in, our, in our context. And he says that the Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, this is now talking of Jesus. And listen, go back with me for a moment. The words that Jesus was saying were encouraging words. The words that Jesus was saying were, was wholesome and moral. And yet, this is what they said. Many of them said, he is, a demon, he is, a, he is demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And, and church, even today, the preaching of the gospel is controversial. The preaching of the gospel can be a soothing message for those yearning for God. But those that want to do it their way will be even offended by the gospel. Some will praise the Lord as the good shepherd, and others will declare phrases like, he is demon-possessed and raging mad. That does not stop the power of the gospel for reaching everyone. That does not stop Christians, people that have already accepted Christ, from putting their feet firmly on what they believe and moving forward that way. And church, we're living in a season of duplicity, a season uh, that lacks integrity, we, that's why today I showed off the news, hypocrisy is celebrated in the time that we're living in right now. But the Lord is the good shepherd. He is truth. He is light. He is the way. He is the, the, he is the Lord over the church. He is the bridegroom of the church. He is the over, over, over shepherd. We are under shepherds all to him. He is the son of God. And even in this season that we're living, we are called to learn from these lessons and follow the good shepherd. Why? The statement at the end by the others 
clears it up. The question, actually, can a, a demon open the eyes of the blind? And really what it's, what it's saying is, look at the evidence of what he teaches. Look at the evidence of what he does. Think about for a moment what he's done in your life and what he's done in my life. When we dwell upon those lessons of the good shepherd, I think it brings encouragement. Even in the season of craziness, it brings encouragement. Father, I thank you for this time that I have to share these truths from Scripture. You are truly the good shepherd. We live in a, top, in a, in a world that's upside down. We live, Lord, in a, in a season where it's exhausting, Lord, really literally exhausting how long this trial, this pandemic, this chaos has been going on. But, Father, in the middle of the upheaval that, we're surround, that surrounds us, it is wonderful to know that you are the good shepherd, that you are the rock, that you bring stability to our lives. Help us through the work of the Holy Spirit that when the ground is shaking below us, that we can run to you. That when things are going, voices from the left to the right, that we can lend an ear to you and only you. That in seasons like this, instead of letting depression and loneliness overtake us, that we might strive and work hard at being encouraged through your word and through the loving relationship that we have with you. I pray, Lord, for the church right now. I extend my hand toward the camera and pray your blessing of healing, of peace. Lord, enter into every home. And Lord, neutralize the moments of chaos. And let your peace that let your peace reign through every family. I pray for our, our loved ones, those that don't have a relationship with you, or their or their love for you has is waxing cold. I pray, dear God, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, reach them, touch them. You do not reject anyone. On the contrary, you care for the sheep in the pen and even outside. That Lord, there is no mistake that is so big that it will keep us from your love. Help my brothers and sisters to realize that tonight and that they can, Lord, return home. Come back to the path of righteousness, Lord. Come back, Lord, to following in your footsteps. I thank you as I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.